This episode is brought to you by the Shop 1 in 5 Pledge. We believe that when you purchase from a small online or offline business, your dollar goes further. Hey friends, Mina and I created the Shop 1 in 5 Pledge, and we're inviting you to take it with us. It's a commitment to make one in five of your purchases from a small business online or offline. It's a way to make an impact together where and when it matters most. Because the truth is, your purchasing power matters now more than ever. Head to shop1in5.com to take the pledge. Make that commitment to shop one in five of your purchases towards a small business. We also invite you to shop the directory if you don't know where to find other small businesses. It's right there on the page. And we're asking for you to share the pledge. Imagine if each of us told three to four people about the Shop One in Five pledge. It would be an incredible and life-changing for so many small businesses. Tell your friends, your family, and your social network. It costs nothing extra and makes a world of difference. Our purchases have the ability to change lives. Okay, let's jump in. Welcome to the Product Boss Podcast, where we help product-based businesses grow their sales and improve their strategies. Hey, everyone. I want to introduce you to my co-host and biz bestie, Mina Kunlosita, an Amazon guru that has built a multi-six-figure product-based business. In introducing the other half of the product boss, Jacqueline Snyder. She has helped launch and grow over 500 fashion apparel and accessory brands, even one of her own. And together, we share our inventory of secret weapons that will help you dig deep and do the work it takes. Are you ready? Let's build together. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Product Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Jacqueline Snyder, with my hardworking co-host, Mina Kunlo-Sita. Hey, Mina. Hey, Jacqueline. So today we're all going to talk to you about how to position your business to thrive in 2021. So we all know 2020 was a year of all years where we thought, will my business even survive this year, let alone thrive? And so many of you proved that it did. It did work. It did thrive, but it took it took work. It took the ability to pivot and to stay agile and to adapt. And so now, what we want to move into and talk about is how you can continue to position your business to thrive moving into 2021. Yeah, for sure. We got out of 2020, and it was a really big quarter for all of our product bosses. Nobody got that rest that they needed. And now that we're we've gone through January and everybody was kind of like, what do I do now? Well, let's just take a pause and and focus on, okay, what do you do now? Because some of us having gotten into 2021 feel like we should keep going, but what can you do in terms of strategy to thrive, to position yourself for 2021 um, going into the rest of it? Because it's still very much in the beginning of the year right now. Right. Okay. So we're going to talk about three different ways that you can position your business to thrive in 2021. And the first way is that we want you to stabilize your business versus expand. So many of you jumped to, well, what's next? What do I do? What do I add? Where do I go? But the very first thing we encourage all of you to do is to stabilize your business. Because once it's a stable business, it can survive and thrive no matter what happens, you know, in the world, right? This is entrepreneurship. Anything can happen. It doesn't matter what year it is. Um, And so what we want you to think about first is what do I need to stabilize in my business versus trying to add on and think of all these other things to do? 
Right. I think all of our heads went to, okay, what am I going to do for selling this year? What do I need to do? We we kind of spun out a little bit and we're still going towards that. What do I need to do next? But really now is the time to take a pause and look at where you need to stabilize. And the first step of that would be to look at where your bottlenecks or your holes were. So fourth quarter happened. It's gone now, right? What happened during that time that could be better? Was it customer service that fell through the cracks? Was it production that seemed extra hard? Was it, you know, what are some systems that you know that you now that you've gotten through fourth quarter or 2020 that could stand to be improved so you can stabilize and then put your brain towards the expansion? Because right now is the time to really think, okay, I'm stabilizing, but what does that mean? Where do I need to stabilize my business? So let's give an example for example. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so some people will tell us that last year did really well, right? I know a lot of people have said, you know, in-person was canceled. Um, I didn't have all the shows that I did, but I got online and somehow they've realized that they had, I mean, not somehow it's through hard work, but they were able to replace their income from in-person or even grow their revenue. Um, by getting online. So while you see that working, I feel like a lot of people are thinking, okay, well, what's next versus this has worked in your business, right? You added on online direct to consumer and it's working. How do you then stabilize that? Can you improve it? Is there something in the user experience that you can improve? Can you improve your shipping? That's direct to customers. Can you increase the sales that you have within that platform and really make it great, make it work for you, make it work for your customers before you're like, okay, now I'm going to add on X or now I'm going to jump and put more products onto my, you know, into my business. What can you do within that platform that's doing really well for your business that you can stabilize and really refine and make it work for your business and continue to work? Right. When you're in, it feels like sometimes it's a slow season, at least in comparison to fourth quarter, right? For some of us, not so much, but for others, yes. And that's when you do do the refinement, when you work on your business instead of in your business, because you're not busy packing and shipping all the things. And it feels a little bit like the pressure of the hol- like Valentine's Day or whatever is, else is around the corner coming up. But really, there needs to be some time carved in for you to be the boss of your business, right? The boss of the business knows where they can improve. And that is really what will set them apart for the rest of the year. I see other product bosses that are, and you can tell me if you agree, but there's other people that are, you know, they're doing well. They've had their most successful months and most successful years, and they've been able to hire teams and they're starting to see what their customers want. Everything feels like it's starting to come together. And then I see them almost preemptively blow it all up, (laughs) self-sabotage themselves, self-sabotage by then saying it's working. This is working. And that creative side takes over like, well, I'm going to add this, or I'm going to change sizes, or I'm going to, you know, take on a new major expense or something Mm -hmm. like that, where they're starting to kind of like they expand very quickly. They're like, well, I could do more. And, but they're adding to their monthly expenses. Mm -hmm. They're, they're not, making the product that they have and people are buying better, but they're kind of adding to that product. And then all of a sudden, that's when you start to get that instability in the business because we get bored, right? We're like, well, what's next? Instead of really thinking, okay, let's make sure let's, let's prove this concept. Let's not perfect it, but kind of right. Like Mm -hmm. let's refine it. 
And then once this is super stable and you feel like, you know, this is, it's there for you, then you can add something else on that won't be as risky. Yeah. I think what happens there is that they hire a team because hiring is so, it's exhausting, right? You hire a team, but you knew that maybe, oh, I I really needed this person in the holiday season and now I will still need them. And then what happens is that they think, oh my gosh, now I can do all the things I've ever wanted to do. That's why they swing into the, you know, I can do this, 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 and this, but they haven't worked out the kinks of having additional team members, right? So that's where they jump too quickly and before they realize, oh, there's probably standard operating procedures that would help their team, canned responses or canned processes, right? In that here's how you make this, you know, from step one to step five. And because they hired usually a maker or someone who's helping them with those tasks that they don't need to be doing anymore. Mm -hmm. So they jump too quickly, but they haven't worked out the dynamic of the team, the management of the team, how the team operates with or without them, right? And so I think that they get they feel that instant relief of, oh, this is what I always wanted was not to have to do these things. But there's a process of onboarding that happens when you bring anybody on. And it's usually a, you know, at least a couple months of you being high touch still before you can really step into being out of that role of not being in it with them. And I'll say the same thing comes down to um, units sold. So Mm -hmm. for example, as you're all starting to see your businesses grow, change, you add new revenue, you know what you can keep up with. But let's just say all of a sudden a store comes to you and they have like a 300 piece order that they want to make. Can you, is your business stable enough, stabilized? Does it have the systems integrated into it that then you can take that order and still keep delivering to all the other customers that you've been delivering to, or will it break the system? Like, will something break down? So it's kind of the same thing with hiring team members. It's the same thing with your production, whether you're outsourcing it, are you stable? Can you grow it? Right. Do you have Mm -hmm. the stability within your business that you have all the units that you need to, to be able to hit that big order that's coming your way that you don't even know is coming your way. So this is where I think that a lot of times people get really excited about expansion, but without creating like the internal systems, the structure to their business, which ultimately is the stability. So we'd love for you all to just sort of think on that for a sec. Just think, okay, great. You know, that's a great point. What in my business do I need to stabilize so that if an opportunity came, you were secure enough in your business that you knew you could take that next opportunity. Yeah, for sure. You need to stabilize before you can scale, right? Because otherwise when you're scaling, then what happens, right? You, If you haven't stabilized enough, then it crumbles um, and you haven't had that steady foundation. What Jacqueline's talking about is infrastructure. We see that happen all the time. People grow too quickly because they push into expansion. They succeeded in expansion, but the infrastructure could not hold what they built on top of it. So be very careful as a small business to um, not get caught up in that as creatives, as, you know, trying to grow quickly. And, and then also the, the energy of now we're out of 2020, uh, 2020 and we're in 2021. Just take a minute to stabilize um, first and then think about expansion. So the second tip that we have for you to position your business to thrive in 2021 is to align with your customers' needs. Yes. So... I think that when 2020 happened, 
the things that we saw really successful were people who just did it. They didn't stop. They didn't wait for all the excuses to happen. They didn't get stuck. They just did it, right? And oftentimes that meant I'm just going to reach out to my customer or I'm going to show up or I'm going to keep moving forward in in even little ways. And then now that they're through it, they've realized that their customers have really bonded with them or more of their customers have understood their products, right? Instead of um, they repelled people and they attracted certain people in that time because that was a you know intense time. So now is the time to really hone in on that. Go back to that, right? What is it that your customer needs more of from you? Right now, we probably are getting sick of talking about the same thing. We're over the pandemic. We're over being at home. We're over social distancing. But that's the lives that we're still living that life and so is your customer. So really think about what are your customers' needs right now, even if they're similar, but that we're out of that that other time and the other season. But what does it look like right now during this time that you could still keep talking about and reinforcing that? And I think here's something I want you all, I challenge all of you, no matter where you are in the world, is to think about, okay, this is the experience that I know where I am, right? Some people feel like, things are back to normal in certain places. Some people are still locked down, you know, it, we, and we live in between all of this. So while your experience looks one way, your customer's experience somewhere else on the other side of the world, on the other side of the country, in another state, they are having a different experience than you. So I think it's hard sometimes as business owners and as creatives to, to we often think of what our own needs are, And that's what we create a product around. But we have to also know that our customer, whether you have identified your customer, right? Your ideal avatar, you know exactly who they are. In this pandemic, things are a bit different. Uh And so you may still have the same demographic, but one might live somewhere where everything's open and masks aren't being worn. And another one might live somewhere where they're still in their home and wearing masks all the time. So I just want you as you're aligning with your customer's needs to find your your middle position there, right? To not be over. I have so many of you have said, well, I sold masks and I sold hand sanitizer and it's done. It's not done in a lot of places. If not, it's just not done. So don't assume that because that's your experience of where you are. Maybe you have seen sales drop because maybe people have stocked up or they have what they have. But then your question is, is well, then how do I align with what my customer's needs are? What can I provide them? that they still need right now, right? If they, do they need more masks right now? Or can you create some sort of promotion or some some sort of deal or or create some sort of need as to why they need to buy more? I'm going to masks and hand sanitizer because I know a lot of people added those in last Mm -hmm. year. And then a lot of people have brought up with us that that's no longer relevant. But last year, people thought jewelry wasn't relevant when we had the shutdown. Yeah. And then it was. People are not going to quit wearing masks and they're not going to quit wearing hand sanitizer. We all adopted a different way of life. My parents who are baby boomers, deep into baby boomers, right? They shop online now. There's no way they're going back. They also have Venmo, which is crazy, like mind blowing to me. Right. They, there was no reason for them to even attempt or to try to do it before. And now that they've adopted those w- new ways of life, they're not going to go back. So now it's just a, a normal thing. We wear masks. We use hand sanitizer. There's just more of an awareness to it. Right. Even if you think that, um, it will be less, there's still this adoption that happened of a new, you know, 
mentality when it comes to, okay, this is what life looks like now for all of us. And we're going to carry on and, and move further with that, you know? And I was talking about like product specific. So I think Mm -hmm. that there's excuses that are made in a lot of ways, right? Some of you are thinking, well, my product either made sense last year and doesn't. There were so many of you that sold products last year, candles, jewelry, hats, apparel, all anything. And you're like, people don't need this, mm-hmm. right? When the pandemic hit, do you guys remember thinking like, nobody needs what I have to sell, but then you figured out how to sell it. Yeah. And then exactly what Mina's talking about is then we have the other side, which is that we've got the, my grandma. Okay. So even mm-hmm. further past, you know, your parents and baby boomers, my grandma orders her groceries online now. Mm-hmm. There are things that she orders online. There, there are habits that she has now created because we were all pushed into jumping light years ahead in technology. And so as you're thinking about your needs, think about product alignment, why they would need it, come up with creative ways of, of pitching them your product, but also their buying habits and how they're making their purchases. And a lot of that is online or a hybrid of a few things. Right. Um, right now would be a wonderful time to do a customer survey because then you would know or a poll on Instagram if you want to keep it easy, right? If you don't have their email, um, but keep doing polls and surveying them so you can get that feedback, right? People are happy to give their feedback. If their lives have transitioned, a little bit of our mental space has already jumped into 2021, feeling more hopeful and feeling more ready to move forward. So what we want you to just do is think about how you got through 2020 and you want to reset, right? You have to reset what your customers needs are moving into 2021. So think about that. I love the idea of a survey. You've got customers out there, whether there's 10 people or 10,000 people, you can still ask them what their needs are and stay cued into that. Stay aligned with them and keep giving them what they need, right? It's not what you want them to need or want them to want. It's staying aligned with them. So if you need to hit a little bit of a reset on that, to find, to find what it is, do that and you'll figure it out, but stay connected with your customers. So tip number three on how to position your business to thrive in 2021 is that you need to blend your online and your offline presence. Yes. We kind of went into that a little bit with number two, telling you about how our lives have changed a bit, right? We, um, our parents' lives have changed. I mean, everybody's life has changed. I don't know why I'm trying, trying to bucket all these people. Everybody's life changed in 2020, and it feels a little bit different, right? So as a small business owner, um, what do we do? Well, there was a blend that happened in 2020. Our worlds got smaller, like the nucleus family really became like who was in our household, but our worlds expanded too. So there was still this contraction plus expansion. So we all went online. Our grandparents are online. Our neighbors, everybody is online. I think we can, and everybody seems to be on Zoom, you know, judging from the legs we get on technology (laughs) on the internet, right? But everybody's now online. So how did small businesses lean into that? We were so proud because the the people that really blended those two online and offline were the ones that really thrive. So keep moving forward in that to position yourself for the rest of this year. So those were the ones that had local ordering online or online ordering, but local pickup. That's an example. Or, you know, having collaborating or checking in with local boutiques, but also bringing your virtual presence online. So the blending of B2B, which is business to business, as well as business to consumer. 
right? The direct to customer that happens online. Right. And so, and, and we saw that even as brick and mortars, retail shops, we, we coach students on this that we said, you know, can you jump on a FaceTime call with them? Like, can you get on a, can you get on a video call with your customers and help them shop through the store and then get, do the transaction and then gather it all up and let them pick it up. So it's an idea of blending. Like, I think exactly what you said, it's the world, right? Depending on where you ship in the world, you can actually ship your products to anywhere in the world, but also the local idea too. So people needed things locally, especially with shipping being what it was in 2020. So you just have this ability to connect with more people, but also deliver to the people closest to you. Yeah. I think the other blend that we saw and that we saw of successful students and masterminders is that they blended B2B and B2C. So that's business to business and business to consumer. So while retail stores and wholesale were not what they were, you know, because also retailers were sort of dealing with shutdowns and having to close their doors and all that, they also needed to get online. They also had customers' needs to meet. And so they still needed product. So B2B retailers were buying more online from product bosses like you. They weren't able to go to their trade shows and order, and they still had customers that still needed things that they needed to ship to. So what we see here is that kind of blend between Ultimately, it's what we taught within Multi-Shoe Machine. It's not having all your eggs in one basket. Mm-hmm. Having your eggs dispersed amongst other baskets, like having other revenue streams, is what will help you stabilize and thrive throughout 2021 because we never know what's going to happen. Your mm-hmm. best store that you sell to could go out of business, right? Something could yeah. happen there. We don't, even if wholesale is like your main thing, you need to have more wholesale shops than just one. You have your own website, which is amazing. And no one's no one can take your website and no one can take your email list, but you do still need to be in more places so that you can continue to sell to people and not have your eggs in one basket. Right. And even if it is, you know, curbside pickup, if it's delivery, if it is, we saw a bunch of people that did, um, Zoom consultations, like what you said, they added that on. That's just an example of, you know, how people were pivoting. They started offering online classes in a way if they did a DIY kit of their goods, things like that, that really blended the experience of online versus offline and putting those two things together, right? Um, sometimes they would pick up the kits locally. We saw a lot of um, like hairdressers who would put together kits for dyeing hair and then teach their customers how to do it. We all had to pivot and really mold this thing into what it was. Um, but I think just keeping with that, keeping with that idea of blending now that our lives are blended into being, you know, more online, keeping with how that happens in the lifestyle of what happens locally too. You know, can you add that in to be able to really meet your customers' needs at both? Mm -hmm. People aren't traveling as far, right? As they, as they used to, they're not flying worldwide. They're, 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 they're local. It's that nucleus family. It's staying home. It's your local town, right? A lot of us Mm -hmm. have kind of stayed put in a, in a lot of ways. And so it's still providing, it's that old to that small town feel, providing to the local people around you, letting yeah. them know that you exist. Because if you're ever worried about sales turning off or not getting the customers, know that you have your neighbors, your friends, the local community that probably do want to put back into a local business mm-hmm. more than 
you know, a huge business or, or buying something from across the world or another state. And you can do that. You can lean into that and you can position your business in that way. So let people know you exist friends. And again, remember that blending of that online and that offline experience that hybrid. I see it with, even with social media, so many Mm -hmm. people said, I don't want to show my face, but as soon as they kind of, they stepped into the role of like the boss of their business and they talk about their product and they talk about their background or, or this is my family run business. And we make this out of our, you know, Mm -hmm. shop behind the scenes, you're bringing that kind of that offline experience, right? That, but people get to see it online. They get to see the candle maker, the jewelry maker, the soap maker, the, person who's manufacturing apparel or, you know, furniture, they get to see you and that behind the scenes part two, which is seen online, but they're feeling like the experience is offline. So just think about this blended experience that we've all gone through together and how can you bring that into your business? Right. Even people who didn't show their faces showed their hands. They showed snippets of their life. They showed time lapses of things that happened. They also delivered, an example would be Jessica of Pira Vida. She knew that people were last minute shoppers because all of us are. And a lot of people didn't gift their, I think it was for Mother's Day, actually. They didn't get their gifts in time because of slow USPS. And she ended up telling them, hey, if you didn't get your gift in time, reach out to me. I will deliver this set of candles and that can be your gift, right? And that is literally how we, we're still procrastinators in the consumer sense, that's for sure. But a lot of times it's just like what Jacqueline said, we still want to support a small business when we can, and they can't support you if they don't know you exist. You know what? It's the same idea of Amazon Prime. Mm -hmm. So- we, we had this conversation, I think, yesterday where we have product bosses that sell on Amazon Prime and also they have their own, you know, uh, online presence or own website. And when they're positioning themselves to get on Amazon Prime, a lot of times it's because the consumer knows they can get it quickly. They can get it mm-hmm. in two days. Yeah, fulfilled so, by Amazon. So if any mm-hmm. of you are, you know, you're not on Amazon, but you want to do replicate that experience to your customers, that's exactly that, right? Everybody's a last minute shopper. Everybody. When it comes to something, right? Like, oh no, I can't believe my husband's birthday is coming and what am I going to get him? And is it going to get here in time? So if you can, if you can replace that and you think about it locally and you're like, you can shop online with us and you could pick it up same day or you could pick it up tomorrow for local people. It's that same experience of us having to rush out to a store. We've all done it. Rush out to a store <laughs> and find a gift. For I someone. am still doing it. <laughs> <laughs> so if you can't rush out to all the stores and try and find the gifts, then how can you meet your customers' needs by blending that online and offline experience and locals away? So I think that that kind of sums up all yeah. of the tips. Mm-hmm. So just to go back over them, we want you to stabilize before you expand. We want you to align with your customers' needs and consider blending the online and offline experience. And that's a great way to kick off, you know, 2021, how to position your business to thrive in 2021 and and really just some things to consider as you're starting to plan for the year. Yep. Thanks, everybody. One last thing before we go, we created this podcast as a reminder that you are not alone in this. Growing a product-based business is hard and we want to help you through it. So thank you so much for listening. We truly appreciate it. We really do. And we want to give a special shout out to all of you that have left a review. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Mina and I read every single one of them, including this one from Jen of Kedora. So shout Jen out says, Jen. 
shout out, motivational and inspiring. These ladies have truly made such a difference in my mindset with my business. Their tips are always actionable and no matter what I need help with, I always feel like they have an answer for me. I can barely go a day without listening to JNM. And this is from Jen at Kadora. Now we adora Kadora and Jen. <laughs> oh my gosh, like I that? love it. <laughs> she's in our community and she's very present and really supportive of other product-based businesses as well as supportive of us. So Jen, I know it took time for you to come on here and leave us a review and it really means a lot to us. Yes, we adore you, Dora, you, Jen Kadora. Oh, wow, that's a tongue twister. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by the Shop One in Five Pledge. We believe that when you purchase from a small online or offline business, your dollar goes further. Hey, friends, Mina and I created the Shop One in Five Pledge, and we're inviting you to take the pledge with us. It's a commitment to make one in five of your purchases from a small business online or offline. It's a way to make an impact together where and when it matters most. Because the truth is your purchasing power matters now more than ever. We're inviting you to take the pledge if you head to shop1in5.com. The link is in the show notes. And when you get there, please make sure to share the pledge with your friends, your family, and your customers. Let's invite everyone to take the Shop 1 in 5 pledge so that we can all use our purchasing power to change lives.